with just a standard high school certificate, you still, you know, you qualify for, for over a thousand schools that, that you can get into uh, with, without an SAT. But again, the, the, the importance of, of having one and, and what it can do for your college options is, is, is pretty good. It, it can open. Welcome everybody to another episode of the NSR podcast. We have a, a really important episode for everyone to listen to today uh, in regards to the two standardized tests, the SAT and the ACT, which I'm sure you've you've all heard of, maybe more so the, the SAT. Uh, but what are they? Where do you sit them? How do you register and what, what do they even mean? Uh, there'll be loads of information. So as always, um, there will be, be show notes available. We're going to get stuck straight into it though today because uh, this one might be a little bit longer of an episode um, with, as I said, plenty of information. Now, back into the, the studio, we'll have Director of Prospect Management, Matt Wade. Matt, welcome back, mate. How was your week off? Look, Jacob, it wasn't a, it's great to be back, first and foremost. Great to be back as your co-host. Yep. Wasn't a week off though. I wasn't on the podcast, but it's been an absolutely crazy couple of weeks. Um, we've got offers coming in and coach communication. It's just been it's been pretty mental. Um, also, you know, for all you baseball fans out there, I'm sure you're paying attention to uh, the World Series. Uh, I'm a Texas Rangers fan in my heart, uh, but if they go out, then you know the Houston Astros are are, are the the second choice. Um, and look. What a what an amazing World Series it's been! Yeah, um, it's, you know, Game Seven as we're as we're speaking right now. Yeah, um, and I may or may not be watching it as I'm saying this. But <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But to answer your question, Jacob, great to be back, mate. That's good. That's good. And we are watching it as we speak. So if we drop in and out, we apologize. But it's an it's an intense game. Uh, but first and foremost, look. Obviously, we we said we're going to be talking about the SAT and the ACT exams, the two main exams for college entry in the United States, but really, look, they're not compulsory. You don't have to take them if you don't want to. Uh, all you need is your high school certificate. Um, but Matt, if you can just explain what the SAT and ACT exams actually are and how they're structured. All right. Um, so as Jacob mentioned, are, like, to go to college in the States, is it required that you take an SAT or an ACT? The answer is no, it's not required. Um, if, if you if you don't feel confident in doing it, uh, then uh, or, or you're not um, you know the most academic kid in the world, like that that's completely fine. Um, with just a standard high school certificate, uh, you, you you still you know you qualify for for over a thousand schools that that you can get into uh, with without an SAT. Um, you know, even as an athlete, like I, I guess the important thing to note is a lot of the time those schools those are two year colleges. Uh, the majority of those would be two-year colleges, as well as uh, some of the the Division Three uh, USCAA, um, you know, th- those types of schools where you know in- entry is test optional. Um, but look, what we say to to all of our students at NSR is that we look, we encourage you to at least have a crack um, because taking an SAT or an ACT is something that can open up your options. By getting a passing score on the SAT or the ACT, just a minimal passing score, 
you you open up the the number of schools that that you can get into. Um, you know, looking at NAIA schools, NCAA Division Two, II, Division One, depending on you know where where those test scores are. Um, the higher that those scores are, the the more schools that you, you open into. up your options yeah. to. So, look, it's it's like anything. The the better athlete that you are, the better your grades are, and and the higher that your SAT or ACT score is, mm-hmm. the the more options that you can potentially consider. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that the best opportunity for you is going to come from a school that required you to have that score. Yeah. But by having that score, at least you can look and you can consider more things. But it isn't the be all end all. No, not at all. Yeah. Definitely not the be all end all. Yeah. Um, it, it's like I said, it's it's good to have. Now, uh, the the SAT and the ACT they they're they're essentially competitors. You know, the 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 SAT it was the first. Um, standardized test that was that was put in place for uh, for U.S. college entry. The ACT came along later, um, and and ultimately, like one of them is not better than the other. They're both equally weighted. Uh, they're they're both you know you can take either one of them. You can take one of each. Yeah. You, you can you can do however you you know do it however you want. And and ultimately, the 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 test that you score the best on is what you can use with your grade point average as, as a means of looking at, yeah. at colleges to enter. Now, yeah. the SAT is, they've, they've recently changed it, and now it's a, it's a combination of really two sections plus an essay. So there's two different testing sections. One of them is evidence-based reading and writing, so kind of your, your literacy. Yeah. Um, and then the other section is maths with a little bit of science mixed in. So it's numeracy. Yeah. Um, now, the one thing about the SAT that I will say that's different to the ACT is that the, the sections are longer and they combine multiple disciplines. So you have to, when it comes to the way that you think and the way that you process information, you have to be able to stay focused longer and switch between different trains of thought. Uh, whereas with, with the ACT, it's four sections. So you have an individual reading section, you have an individual language section, you have an individual math section and you have an individual science section and they're shorter. So I took the ACT. Um, I guess the problem in Australia and New Zealand is that it's not as widely offered as the SAT is. Yeah. Um, but certainly I think structured in a way that, that favors a lot of, I guess, different sort of learning styles. Um, I was more of a, a person that, you know, I needed to, to keep my attention <laughs> the, the shorter that the section was, the better chance I had to keep my attention. And, and if I only had to focus on one thing as opposed to multiple things over a shorter period of time, then then that that sort of favored, you know, my my learning style. So, look again, both both tests very similar. They're long. Um, you know, they'll be about three hours in in, in length yep. when when it's all added up. Uh, maybe a little bit little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're done on a Saturday, which is exactly what every student wants to do on, a, on their Saturday morning is, is go and take a, a standardized exam. Um, but again, the, the importance of, of having one and, and what it can do for your college options is, is, is pretty good. It, it can open things up. But again, you know, do you have to have one? Is it a must that you do it? No, it's not. Or you can just take one like I did and fail it miserably and still have an awesome opportunity and an well, awesome time. Again, it's not the be all end all. Well, that's it. Like I'll use your, you know, your example because it's the same as a lot of our students. Like at least you, you know, you go and have a crack, right? Yeah. Let, let's say you go in and 
you give it your absolute best shot and you know you don't you don't pass it well what that does for for us at nsr is it tells us how we should promote you and, and what sort of schools that we should look at in order to give you the best academic support so that you're going to be successful in in your venture like if you know if say that i you know you, you take a student like that and you put them into an environment that that is you know it's too much you know too much too quickly or or not as well supported as it needs to be then that student's going to struggle in their academics uh which which affects their ability to actually participate in sport Mm -hmm. and then before you know it it's snowballed into something and 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 you know you're not playing sport and you're not doing well in school so what's what's the point yeah you know so um look when you when you do very well on the sat and the act like i said it it allows us at nsr it Excuse me. <laughs> it allows us in NSR to uh, to really be a bit more, I guess, creative with with promotion. We yeah. can look at a wider variety of schools in in different divisions and different things to see how your your academic resume paired with your athletic ability can can qualify for different types of of, of financial aid and awards. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not having you know not having one of those scores just means that we know right from the start that look we're, what we're limited to is is these this thousand or so schools that and, and we're going to go to this this smaller pool of schools uh and, and we're going to go and we're going to find the right opportunity so yeah. both ways that you look at it you, you know it, it's it's beneficial to have one whether it be for the purposes of of using it in your promotion to find more options or as a means of gauging your your academic ability and 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 the type of you know, opportunity that we should be looking for. Yep. So some really good information there on, on the exams themselves, but uh, do you maybe want to break down, and I know you touched on it just a little bit before, do you want to break down a little bit more sort of the differences between the two exams and uh, also is one exam more favorable than the other to different institutions? Like how do, how do schools look at, look at these exams? Yeah, so... When it comes to each test individually, I know I did cover it probably pretty quickly. Now, they test the exact same subjects, literacy and numeracy, uh, with, with a bit of science as well. Um, but the, the, the two tests are just structured differently. Again, with the SAT, um, you've got a longer section, two, two longer sections. One is evidence-based reading and writing. The second section is... Uh, math with a little bit of science and then there's the third optional section of an of an essay which is a, the writing component now the the SAT will have technically longer uh, sections than the ACT um, I believe about 85 minutes per per section yeah. and and it'll be a combination of like I said evidence-based reading uh, and grammar and punctuation so you'll go from reading comprehension to fixing sentence structure and word association and things like that, right? In, in one long section. Mm-hmm. Then the maths, it'll be a combination of some very, you know, some, some high-level concepts of, of, you know, algebra and, and algorithms and, you know, all, all sorts of different things mixed with um, that maths used in, in a science sense as well over a longer, a longer section. Um, so, again, look, I don't think either exam is easy. Uh, they're they're going to have very high level concepts, intermediate and beginner concepts across all sections in all parts of both tests, yeah. uh, because they're going to, they're going to gauge uh, where you sort of fit 
in that scale. Yeah, yeah. in in the overall scale of of, of all test takers. Now, that's, again, the the SAT. Uh, The ACT, it's it's shorter sections. So instead of just two sections, it'll have um, three or four main sections. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a reading comprehension section that's 45 minutes. You'll have uh, a language arts, which is sentence structure and, and grammar and punctuation that'll be 40 minutes. You'll have a maths uh, section that'll be 60 minutes. And then you'll have a specific science section that'll be 45 minutes. So uh, shorter sections specific to one discipline. And, and uh, again, choosing a test is, is based on, I guess, the type of learner that you are. Um, this day and age, you, you ask the question of, I guess, is, is one more favorable? Mm-hmm. Um, the answer is, is, is no. Um, one's not more favorable. They're, they're both equally weighted identically. The, the scores that you get on either exam is going to place you into a percentile. Um, and, and both, both exams are, are just as widely accepted and, uh, I, I guess, renowned as, as each other. Um, so there isn't going to be an institution that says, no, we don't want to see your ACT score. We want to see your SAT results. No, no. They, they'll say, you know, what we'd like to see is, is either an SAT or an ACT result, and that school will have their minimum requirement, you know, for, for admission, to be considered for admission. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, you know, with, with the two exams, again, they're, they're both, uh, I guess, identical in that sense. Now, this day and age, there, there are more people taking the ACT uh, than the SAT. And, and I, you know, I think a lot of educators believe that the way that the test is structured is, is more favorable to, I guess, get the best outcome out of each student. But, but again, the, the challenge of being in Australia and New Zealand is that the SAT is offered more widely than the ACT. Um, so getting, getting to a testing center and, and being able to find a testing center for the ACT and, and I guess having as many temp, uh, attempts on the ACT as what you could on the SAT, yeah. is, it's all dependent upon, I guess, where you live. Yeah. And, and so what you want to do is when it, when it comes to deciding which test that you're going to take, if you're going to take the, one of the tests, yeah. is figuring out which one that you can easily access the most attempts for. Um, because again, you, you can take either test as many times as you want, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and, and only use your best score, you know, when you, when you send that to schools. So if you take it the first time, a lot of time, the first time that you take the exam, it's, it's an experience. Like mm-hmm. you, you see how the test is administered. You see what's on it. You, you, you gain experience from that. And then you go back and you, you prepare again, for a second one. And, and when you sit down and you take the second one, usually you're able to improve your score. Yeah. You know, after that second one, you're not going to see too much of a jump by taking a third one, you know, un- unless you, you, you do this nice and early and, and you're, you're taking the, the, the SAT as, as young as, you know, into year 10 yeah. or, or something like that, where you have a couple years to, to actually show uh, some, some serious progress with, with regards to, to what's on the exam. But that's, that's a, I think a small percentage of people, yeah. out there that are looking at it that young. What, what we suggest is, you know, have a crack at the SAT or the ACT uh, at the end of year 11. Uh, so the tail end of year 11, kind of this time of the year, mm-hmm. you know, there's usually an October uh, and November, December. There, there's both, both tests um, will be offered during that time. And, and then there's also March uh, 
May, June, uh, and and then when you get to sort of mid-year July, the test calendar will reset, and then there will be new dates released for October, November, December, and and the following the following year as well. So yeah. um, we say, you know, have a crack at it at the end of year eleven. You know, potentially a second crack in in the first semester of year twelve. Uh, let your year 12 and if you're in New Zealand year 13 testing sort of play out if you can get the October test and, and that doesn't I guess mess with uh, any of your preparation for your end of end of school exams uh, then have a crack at that one yeah. um, and, and then you know definitely December uh, of once you've completed year 12 or year 13 there's usually a test in December um, those are, I guess the, are the times that, that we encourage you to to have a crack at those yep and there's really like no difference between well there's differences within the exams but um it doesn't really matter which one you take they're both equally weighted um from institutions which is what you said correct so yeah again when deciding which exam to take like i said one's not better than the other the one that that will be better for you is the one that is more easily accessible for you yeah you know which one can you get the most attempts on Mm -hmm. that that's how you want to make your decision uh, and, and again, ultimately, they're going to test the same things and, yep. and the scores are going to put you into a, a, perc- a percentile with all test takers from around the world. Yep. So, Matt, how exactly are these two exams scored? And you touched on percentiles as well. I just want to briefly or quickly explain the different percentiles and, and where people fit in. Right. So... Um, firstly, with the SAT, um, the SAT will be scored out of a total of 1,600 possible points. Um, so 800 points possible in uh, evidence-based reading and writing, 800 points possible in math uh, for a perfect score of 1,600. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the in terms of percentiles, a score of 1080, so 1,080 out of 1,600 is considered the 50th percentile. So if you score above 1080, in between 1080 and 1600, you're considered above average. Uh, If you score below 1080, then it's technically below average. Um, Now, for for eligibility purposes, most schools uh, or, or competitions that have an SAT requirement for athletic eligibility will say that uh, a minimum of 940 out of 1600 on the SAT needs to be achieved. So I guess keep in mind, you've got two different components here. You've got the, the, the requirements for the university. Yep. The university may say, well, well for admission, you know, we, we expect a, a 1000 SAT. Yep. Um, they all, but that, that, School plays within a competition, say, let's say the NAIA, you know, National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics. The school that, that, that you're applying to has a requirement of 1,000 for entry. The, the NAIA also says that you have to have a score of at least 940 to be able to play sport for that school. Yeah. So if, if you hit the 940 mark, let's say you hit 940 on the dot, well, you're eligible to participate in the NAIA. But because that school required a thousand, yeah. you're, you're below that mark, so you wouldn't be a good fit for that particular school. Yeah. And this is where it gets confusing because every single school is going to be different. They're going to set their own SAT standards, uh, standards yeah, and, and, and expectations, 
and, and they're only going to consider students that meet those requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've also got the requirement of the athletic competition that says that you need to be achieving on this level. So just because you meet eligibility standards to participate in sport doesn't necessarily mean that you meet the admission standard set by the school. school yeah. So again, it gets a bit confusing, but that's, I guess, at the end of the day, what we're here for. Yep. Um, now, the so again, SAT scored out of 1,600. Um, look, a, a, a good, you know, the 1,260, a, a score of 1,200 and above, let's say 1,260 out of 1,600, that is the 78th percentile. So if you score 1,260 or above out of 1,600, you're in the top 22% of test takers all over the world, which, which is good. You know, the, the closer to 1,600, the better. If you want to go to an Ivy League school, then you need to be 1,500. Pretty at, close at, to perfect. At, yeah, <laughs> cr- pretty close to perfect. Like, the, at, at least the lowest score that an Ivy League, you know, which is Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Brown, Cornell, uh, Dartmouth, UPenn. Columbia. Yeah, Columbia. The, the minimum score that those schools are going to look at is is. Dartmouth has the, the, the most relaxed SAT requirement, and they still expect a 1,400. Yeah. So, so 1,400 out of 1,600. So you need to be above the 80th percentile to even think about even the, the lowest level of Ivy League school. Yeah. But when you look at the Harvards, the Princetons, the Yales, you know, UPens, like, you know, it sort of works its way up. Columbia, you, you know, you're, you're at, at least 1,500 or above. Yeah. Um, to, to be considered for admission. And that's to be considered. Now, talk about Harvard, right? Just, just as an example. You, you, need, to, you need to score, you know, at, at the very least, like I said, 1,500. And, and at that point, even if you do, let's, score the, let's say that you score above 1,500 on the SAT, you still have less than a 10% chance of actually gaining admission. Yeah. <laughs> so it's no, it's no easy task. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that I guess sort of sums up the, the SAT. Now, the ACT is scored, each section is scored out of 36 points. So 36 possible points in each section. Um, and then let's say that for, you know, the, the reading section, reading and writing section, you scored 30. And for the math section, you scored 25. And for the science section, you scored 28. Well, that 30, that 25, and that 28 will be averaged together, mm-hmm. and your composite score would be 27. Mm-hmm. You know, so out of, out of a total possible score of 36. So the ACT, same percentile rankings based on scores. The, the 50th percentile for the ACT is 21. So if you score 21 on the ACT, that's, that's right in the middle. If you score above 21, you're above average. If you score below 21, then you're below average. Now, the minimum score that's required for athletic eligibility on the ACT is a score of 18. So if you're below 18, then then you can't use the score for, for really university admission or athletic eligibility. So 18 or above and, and as close as possible to – to 36. Um, that, that's what you want. And, and again, when you look at the, the top academic institutions in the States, they expect you to score 35 or 36 
out of 36 for consideration. So it's, um, like I said, high-level stuff. But uh, again, your score will put you in a percentile on you know both exams. Your score puts you in a percentile that, that ranks you amongst all test takers in the entire world. Um, so it's not just looking at kids from the U.S. It's, you know, you've got students that are taking the SAT and the ACT all over the world. Um, and, and your score will put you into that percentile. And then, uh, again, think about it this way. You've got the, the requirement for admission to the institution, uh, which is usually it, it will either coincide with athletic eligibility uh, or can be completely different. Um, so if, if the school sets a, you know, you, you know, on the SAT, uh, again, let's say that the school sets a requirement of 1,200 on the SAT for admission, but you only need a score of 940 for, for eligibility. Mm-hmm. If, if you score below 1,200, you're not getting into the school even though you're eligible to play there. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to really combine everything together as well as have the right athletic ability and be the right sort of athlete to, to make this whole thing work. All right, so we're almost there. The, the last thing I want to go over uh, or we should cover is, is registration for the exams. Because uh, obviously you have to you register, you have to register. You can't just rock up. Um, now, how do you register? What what websites do you go to? Is there a particular site, or is there a couple of different sites? What, how how do we register for the exams? Yep. So the SAT is administered by an organization known as the College Board. So what you'll do, the best thing to do is Google SAT College Board. This will all be in the show notes, by the way, as well. We'll put direct links and and whatnot. So don't stress. Yep. So once, once you get onto the SAT website, um, th- there's going to be available test dates. And what you'll do is, is you'll find the international test dates. Um, and and you'll, you'll essentially, you'll, you'll register for the normal SAT. Uh, and then you can choose whether you want to take the essay or not take the essay. Um, my advice is, is it's better to, to do the essay and not need it than to not do the essay and need it down the track. Yeah. Um, because you can't just, you know, pick a date and go and redo the essay. If you need to do the essay, you, you have to go through the whole SAT test again mm-hmm. to, to get to the essay component. So, um, look, one thing to be careful of with the SAT registration is, is there, there's, there's two different things. There, there's the standard SAT that's going to give you the sections that we've talked about plus the optional essay. And then there's also the SAT subject tests, um, very easy to get confused on on the registration page of whether you're registering for the normal SAT or if you're registering for the SAT subject tests. If 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 you're going through the registration process and it's told you you can pick, you know, physics, you can pick this, you can pick that, you're you're in the wrong registration. Yep. That's for the subject test. Those are things that you may do after you've taken a normal SAT. So, um, uh, again, just the general SAT with the optional essay is, is what you're going to look to register for. Uh, and, and essentially you'll find that by Googling the SAT college board, um, which again, we'll put in the show notes. Now the ACT, uh, is administered by an organization known as the ACT. Mm -hmm. Um, easy, very easy. And and honestly, the, their website is very, very simple. Uh, it's www.act.org. O-R-G. Um, and again, we'll put that in the show notes. But but again, same difference there. There there will be U.S. test dates 
and there will be international test dates. You want to find the international test date section, um, go through the international registration process on, on either website. Um, and, and what you'll be able to do is, is through, you'll, you'll be able to see the available test dates. You'll be able to see the available test locations. Um, and you'll ultimately pick the, the location nearest you on the date that you want. You'll go through, um, again, a, a series of questions to help build your, your academic profile with, with either the, the ACT or, or, or the SAT college board. Um, and, and at the end, you'll, you'll, pay, you'll pay the fee for the exam. Usually each exam is, is it'll cost you just over $100 um, Australian. Uh, so it may be less than that in, in U.S. dollars, but you're, you, it, it charges you in U.S. dollars and, and you got to account for the exchange rate. Yeah. So it roughly works out to about a, 100 to 120, uh, I, I believe, to, to sit the exams. Um, and, and they're both, like I said, they're competitors. So they, they, they're both very, very consistent in, in regards to, to the costs. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I can tell you is on both the registration processes, you can save yourself quite a bit of time by picking out the questions that they're asking uh, that, that are required. There'll be an asterisk or there'll be something that says required. Now, if you sit down and you go question by question and you fill in absolutely everything, it can take you a long time. Um, just because they're asking for a complete academic profile uh, so that they can store that in their system and, and, and that information can be sent out to, to colleges. Um, you know, so I guess the best thing to do is, is to start with, get registered for an exam, just answer the questions that are required, with, that, that are, that are uh, signified with, with an asterisk, um, get through, pay for the exam. You can always then log back in to your account because you'll create an account with, with either with either website, uh, and, and then you can fill in the remainder of the information, you know, at, at another time and, and do it over a period of time, as opposed to having to sit down and crank through a, a lot of questions about a lot of different things, uh, all, all at once. So just fill out the required information, pick your test center, pay for the test, and then you, you'll get a, at the end of it, you'll get a confirmation page and, a, and essentially a ticket, um, that says that you paid for the exam on this date. You'll need to bring that ticket with you on the date of the exam. So that, that that's your admission into the test. Uh, and, and also a scientific calculator. Don't forget a calculator. We've had a couple kids go all the way through the, the, the process of, of registration have gone, you know, to, to take their test and, um, they forgot their calculator and it's with, a struggle with that one. <laughs> it's a struggle with the calculator, much less without one. So, um, be sure that you, you, you keep, Keep that in mind and, and, and bring your calculator. Be prepared. And speaking about being prepared, obviously there's plenty of study material, practice questions, all different bits and pieces that you can have access to before sitting the test. You just want to go over what, what material is available for, for students. Yeah, definitely. Well, first and foremost, know that like once you go through the registration process, both websites are going to try and sell you something. They're going to try and sell you study books. They're going to try and sell you things. And, and, and look, like if you want to buy those, great. Like they're, they're, they're there for you. Um, and and they, they are good resources. Um, but I guess, look, there, there's plenty of other ways to, to get SAT and ACT preparation materials. Um, there, there are some free resources on each uh, test's website, practice exams, um, you know, practice questions, things like that that you can access 
through the actual SAT College Board or the, the ACT.org website. Um, the other thing is, is use the internet. You know, use the internet and, and just type in SAT test preparation and, and look at how many things come up, like millions of resources. Same thing, ACT test preparation materials. Bang, search. You're going to see tons of stuff. There's, there's a lot of free websites that do timed modules. Um, you, you know, there, there's, some, there's some great ones on there. Uh, one, I, I believe, just off the top of my head that we passed through is, is called um, Master Tests. Um, the other is, is, is Pro Profs. So P-R-O-P-R-O-F-S, Pro Profs. Um, there, there's some good SAT and, and ACT preparation materials on those, but, but again, like don't limit yourself to just those because the, the resources are, are, are endless. Um, and, and there's, there's a lot of stuff that's free. So don't feel like you have to, you have to buy the, the actual SAT prep book, uh, or the, or the ACT prep book. Um, what, what some students do is, is, you know, they'll, they will buy the book and, and when they really want to you know, get some additional help in, in, in preparation. They'll speak to uh, their careers advisor. Or they'll speak to their mass and their English teachers at, at school um, or, or a third party sort of external tutoring service. Um, and, and they're pretty familiar with the, the U.S. standardized tests and, and, and they, can, they can help you in preparation as well. So if you want to spend the extra money and do, you know, some, some tutoring either with your, your, your college um, or, or a third party tutor, uh, some families look to to do that. There's all sorts of ways to prepare, um, and and yeah, just be sure that whatever works for you, whether it be buying the the, the preparation book or, or or getting an actual tutor to help you in, in conjunction with the book, uh, or, or just going through the the, the resources um, you know that are available to you online. And there's some also some paid sites online that that'll give you access to practice exams and timed assessments that that are that are pretty cheap as well. So look. Use the internet. It's your best friend in, in terms of preparation. Uh, and, and there's no reason to, you know, that, that you won't find preparation materials because both websites will direct you to, to, to preparation materials yeah. as well. Yeah. So Easy. I think we'll wrap it up there. Obviously, there's, there's loads of information in this particular episode. Um, but, Matt, thank you for, for joining me again this week. Loads of information. Hopefully, everyone's learned something. Um, no, thank you for joining me this week, Jacob. <laughs> thank you for joining me. You do all the talking. I do uh, nothing. <laughs> no, it's good. You do a fantastic. Do not sell yourself short. Um, no, it's it's it, again. It's always great. And and look, every week there's there's good topics. I, I, I think this time of year with with school coming to a close and and end of year exams for the year twelves uh, and and year elevens. You know, once those are done, uh, there is uh, an SAT that's that's available in December. Um, I would recommend sitting the December exam. Um, registration for that is closing today. Um, <laughs> so, so you won't but, be able to do it because no, this gets sent tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, look, the, the, you can, if you're late to register, you can get onto a waiting list um, and, and, and register that way. But, but yeah, definitely, look, it, it's, we encourage you to, to have a crack and, and yeah, we'll, we'll best of luck if you do. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, everything will be in the, the show notes this week. So uh, if you would rather read through them instead of listening to us, then you can certainly do so. Just shoot me an email asking for them. Uh, but tune in next week. Again, we'll be covering a, another really important episode. And uh, go Astros. Looks like we're bottom of the sixth inning. 
Five nil up. I hope that doesn't change because we're we're bringing a World Series to Texas, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Game over.